Hey, Gary Raven. Yes, Daryl Spicer. We're going to pick up some of these listeners. We're going to go for a ride in the big old store-bought truck. They're going to hear some great music. They're going to hear some great preaching. And some great testimonies. We're a couple old trailer truckers, and our ministry is to the driver. But, you know, that's the way it started, but all of a sudden we figured it out. It's not a truck driving ministry. It's a whosoever ministry. So we're going to hopefully enlighten you a little bit about the trucking industry. But more importantly, we want to bring Jesus to the drivers out there on the road, and to you. So, Daryl, buckle up. We're going to have Church on the Road. I'm driving when the sun comes up. I'm driving when the sun goes down. The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have that white line fever till the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two crumb stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have that white line fever to the day that I die I said hey trucker back when I was in high school back in the 60s I remember dad he had a a semi that didn't even have a sleeper and he run all over the country in that semi and he would talk about that board that he had behind his seat that was his bed when it got time to for him to pull over and go to bed he would pull that board out behind his seat put it across his seats and he had a cutout in that board for his gear shift and he would make his bed right there across his seats and that was his bed and that was old school trucking right there and I wrote a lot of that what my dad used to talk about in this song right here and it's called Back Before CB Radio. The driver put that thing in gear and let's rock and roll. were few and far between we listened to the motor scream and the gentle hum of 18 wheels of rolling beneath your feet 
only thing I look forward to was a hot shower and a meal And to get some sleep back before CB radios Driving through the night with no one else to talk to But the man up in the stars above your head Old worn out suitcase was your pillow Aboard behind the seat was your bed You'd wait before the sunrise in the morning To begin a brand new day To listen to the motor scream And the gentle hum of eighteen wheels of rolling Before CB radios Cold coffee from an old beat of thermos Sweat rolling down your brow Another day of chasing that same lonely road Just to carry that old heavy load You'd fight the summer heat And old man went to snow Final destination God only knows To listen to the motor scream And the gentle hum of eighteen wheels of rolling Beneath your feet The only thing to look forward to Was a hot shower and a meal then to get some sleep Invite the summer heat And old man went to snow Final destination God only knows Back before CB radios We got a great message for you on tonight's program from Pastor Daryl Spicer. And we appreciate you. We appreciate uh, all of our chaplains for Channel 21 Ministry. And this message that we're going to share today is from that conference line that we have every week on Channel 21 Ministries chaplain line. And if you'd like to join us on that chaplain line, we open it up to whosoever. All you have to do is dial 727-731-5062, 5 p.m. Central Time, each Thursday, and you can join the Channel 21 Chaplains on the conference line. You'll hear some great messages by Chaplain Daryl Spicer, Chaplain Richie Turnbow, Chaplain Cliff Clark, and some others that you'll be hearing from on our Chaplain line. So tune in. We'd be glad to have you. 727-731-5062, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Central Time. Now, here's that message that we had recently with our founder of Channel 21 Ministries, Chaplain Daryl Spicer. Here's my partner, Daryl Spicer. I want to thank you, Gary, for the opportunity tonight. I want to thank you, chaplains, for the opportunity to be able to just share God's Word with you. Uh, I was thinking the other day, well, I was more than thinking. I was I was thanking God for what He's done for me in my life and my wife's life, and uh, some of the folks that I've been associated with for years since I, I got saved about 16 years ago. And uh, I, I just it's amazing how God has moved and what He's done. And I got to thinking about the favor of God. But you know, you don't get that favor of God unless you're standing at the door when it opens. You've got to be there. You've got to be ready. Um, just like what I called Gary Rayburn that time, the first time out of the shoot, I called old Gary, and I didn't even know what I was calling him about. I just knew that I needed some help uh, to get this ministry started. Uh, I didn't know what to do. Uh, but I knew it was in God's will, so I just went ahead. I didn't kick a door down. I just picked up the phone and called Gary Rayburn. And there was favor there from Gary because, like I said before, he just said, I don't know how I can help you, but I'll give you all the CDs you need. 
uh, I'd only listened to one CD, but that was Gary's testimony, and I was a mess for days every time I listened to it. But I also needed to start this ministry, and, I, and I've told this story before, and some of you may not have heard it, but I, I don't. I, I'm sorry if, if you're tired of hearing it, but I'm going to brag on God no matter what. You see, when I started Channel 21, I was working for Microwave Truck Lines, and I needed their approval to do this. You just don't go into a major corporation. I knew they was Christian. Uh, I knew Mr. McElroy was a man of God, uh, but, and his sons were, were, were men of God. But then after that, through the corporation, it started watering down a little bit. But uh, either way, I needed Mr. McElroy's favor to be able to start this ministry in his corporation. So I called him one day, and it was, this was just the infancy stage of Channel 21. And we had been, we'd already made a, a training video, used one of his trucks. I got permission from the, the, the president, Jay McElroy, to, to use one of the trucks in the video. And use one of the trucks to make the training video. If you have not seen the training video, maybe Gary could show you how to get online to find it, because I done forgot. Uh, hopefully you guys have seen it. But that cost money to make that video. It took a lot of time. But so we had just got started, uh, had some brochures made up. But I called Mr. McElroy. I said, Mr. McElroy, I need to talk to you about something. I said, but it's not about the company. It's not about business. I said, I'd like to do that away from the office. And this is the way he talked. Daryl, when would you like to come see me? I said, well, Mr. McElroy, one Saturday or Sunday as soon as possible. Well, Daryl, why don't you come on down this Saturday? I said, okay, sir, I'll see you on Saturday. He said, about 2 o'clock. He lived about a mile and a half in the home office. I knew where he lived. So I headed to Cuba, Alabama, Saturday morning. And on my way, I got to thinking, well, Lord, what what do I need to ask him? Uh, How do I need to present this? Uh, So I thought about it. And number one is I needed his approval. You know, you don't start a, a, a ministry and inside of a corporation like that without them knowing about it and knowing what you're doing and how you're doing it. Uh, so I needed his approval. Number two, I needed his financial support. Uh, I was looking at big things with Channel 21. I, I, I knew God was working in it. And I needed him to understand that if he did give me financial support, that the monies were not going to go just for McElroy truck drivers. It was for the whole industry. So once I got to his home that Saturday, we we got into his pickup and we drove around the yard at the home office. He loved to do that. Every time I'd go down there, he'd Dad, let's go for a ride in the truck. We'd ride around. He'd tell me what's going on, what they're doing. And uh, so we rode around the yard. Now, this is on a Saturday, and there wasn't many people there. Uh, but some people saw us riding around, and I know it made him nervous. Why was I in town on a Saturday? What was going on? I had been in situations with corporations like this before where I would meet after hours with the mucky mucks. And unfortunately, soon after that, some heads would roll. <laughs> you see, the mucky mucks don't do the head cutting. It's usually the underlings like me that would go do it. But um, so it made him nervous. But we got back to the house, <clears throat> his house, and I showed him our chaplain's training video and the new brochure brochures that we had, had made up. And he asked me, Darren, Who's paying for all this? I said, well, my wife and I are paying for it. You know, and I told him about the CD ministry and Lonesome Road Ministries and what they do and how they're going to help the ministry. Gave him a handful of CDs. Well, favor number one, he said, Darren, we're going to help you with this. It's not fair for you and Joyce to bear all the burden. Favor number two, was answered in favor number one. He's going to help us. So that means it's okay to do this inside the corporation of McElroy. We've gone through all the steps that I could think of. That he wanted to be involved in the ministry. Favor number three. Been there quite a while. We've been talking. And he said, Daryl, you know this just isn't from McElroy Truck Lines. So see how God just, he put, he put the questions in my mind on the way there, and then he answered them. 
I didn't have to do anything. Just present what the Lord had told me to do. But then Mr. McElroy, standing in his living room, prayed over me, and he prayed over Channel 21, and he said, call me Monday and let me know how much you need. <laughs> After our meeting, he walked out in the driveway, and he said, Daryl, why did you drive your pickup truck all the way down here? It was about a six-hour drive down to Cuba, Alabama, six and a half. Because I had just received the week before a brand-new company car. I said, well, Mr. McElroy, this is not company business. This is ministry business. He said, Daryl, on your way home, I want you to fill that truck up with your company credit card, and I want you to spend the night somewhere in a nice motel, and you use that company credit card. I thought, Lord. <laughs> and he, he he told me, he said, never use that person, your personal vehicle for ministry again while traveling. I drove home on cloud nine. I was just I just said, Lord, thank you. God, I don't deserve none of this. We don't deserve any of this. Well, let's go back to me being seen on Saturday. I get a call from the head of personnel on Monday afternoon asking me why I got a motel in Birmingham, Alabama on Saturday. You see, word got out that I was in Cuba, Alabama on Saturday, and the person up there was the one that drew the short straw to find out why I was there. They had obviously looked at my credit card. Never happened before, and it never happened again that after that weekend. I was extremely happy to tell him that Channel 21 was now open for business and McElroy Truck Lines because I had gotten a call Sunday morning or Monday morning from Mr. McElroy. Oh, it was Sunday night from Mr. McElroy. Darren, Joy and I have been listening to them CDs you left here. We went down to Mobile today on some stuff, some family business, and we drove back, and we listened to them all the way there and all the way back, and we cried all the way there, Darren. We cried all the way back. Joy just thanks the world of what we're going to be doing in McElroy with this ministry. That's just favor. I, 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 just being there at the right place at the right time. But tonight I want to speak to you about another John Wayne of the Bible. I always look at Paul as the John Wayne of the New Testament. He's a rough and tough guy. But he had a tender spot for the souls of his people. The Old Testament has even more John Waynes in it. So many men and women had a tough core inside of them that drove them to complete the passion that the Lord had given them. No, they lived out in the desert. They lived a hard life. But yet they'd get a compassion to serve God. And God was showing favor. But now I want to tell you about a guy named Nehemiah. Now, I know you all have all read this. Nehemiah, this man found something from God that we all desire. He found favor. But not until he humbled himself before the Lord. He fasted and he prayed and he asked for favor. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1 says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakali. Now, don't y'all laugh at me about me saying these names. I'm used to Bill and Bob and Billy Joe Bob. I'm not used to all these Hebrew names. But anyways, it came to pass in the month of Shizlu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shishan, the palace, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah. And I asked him concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the providence are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates burn with fire. So it was, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned for the many days. I was fasting and praying before God of heaven. And I said to God, I prayed, the Lord of heaven, O God, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open. So we go to God with the Lord, please hear me. We don't beg for anything. But we're his sons and daughters. We don't have to beg. But we can ask him, please listen to me on this, that you may hear the prayers of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, 
which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinance which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out of the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place where I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Uh, These are your servants and your people, Lord, whom you have redeemed by your great power and your strong hand. O Lord, I pray, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day. I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer. He's humbled himself all the way to the end. He didn't say, look who I am. I'm the king's cupbearer. In Nehemiah's day, the king's cupbearer was like a personal assistant. He tasted the wine to make sure it was good. It wasn't going to kill the king. He tasted his food. And the king depended heavily upon the cupbearers. They trusted them more than anyone else in the kingdom. So Nehemiah was raised up. Keep in mind, he was a slave. He was a Jew. His parents were like Holocaust victims. They was taken from Judah. They was taken as slaves and took to Babylon. Nehemiah had never seen the land that he was praying over. He had never been there. He was born in Persia. I got, I got to tell you this. I know, I know it's on a, all of this, what just happened to me in my life, is on a real small scale compared to what happened to Nehemiah. What an awesome man. He built the walls of the kingdom so get things set up for Jesus to come. But when I, uh, next month will be 63 years that we left the state of West Virginia that I was born and raised in up until 12 years old and moved to Ohio, 63 years. But West Virginia has always been my home. I have a passion for West Virginia. I have a passion for the people of West Virginia. And you say, well, why don't you move to West Virginia? Well, there wasn't any work in West Virginia. That's why my dad moved out of West Virginia. And I just didn't see going back. Um, So I settled in Tennessee. I still came back to the South. But I understand that. I'm 63 years later, and I still hunger for my home. I go back there every few years. I've taken my sons back there, my grandson. Went to the coal mines where my my grandfather worked, my dad worked. Went up in the coal coal fields. And uh, it's my home. So I I can't even imagine what Nehemiah was thinking. So it came to pass in the month of Nisa, this is chapter 2, nice and Four months had passed since Nehemiah had begun fasting and praying. So in the 20th year of King, I want to butcher it, Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, and I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now, I had never been sad in his presence before. You see, you you didn't go to the king sad. Uh, They said in that time, if you went there having a pity party, he'd sometimes kill the people. So here he was for the first time sad in his presence. You see, he had spent four months praying and fasting, and his burden was on him so thick he couldn't hide it anymore. Therefore, the king said to me, Why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of your heart. So I became dreadfully afraid, and I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? And the king said to me, what do you request? There's you some favor. But (laughs) Nehemiah says, so I prayed to the God of heaven because he was afraid. He said, Lord, I want to say this. I need your protection here. And I said to the king, 
if it pleases the king and if your servant was found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my fathers, the tombs that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen was also sitting beside him, how long will your journey be? And when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. He actually, if you go to chapter 13, we're not going to do that. But you go to chapter 13, you'll find out he stayed gone 12 years. Now, when he got the the walls was built in 52 days. But he stayed and became the governor. Verse 7 says, furthermore, I said to the king. (laughs) Now he's brave. If it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river that they must must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. And let, in a letter to Aspas, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber to make beams for the gates of the, of the citadel, which pertains to the temple for the city wall, and for the house that I will occupy. He not only asked for the wood for the gates, He asked for wood to build him a house while he's there. And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Folks, that's favor. That's awesome. Then I went to the governors in the region beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. When Sanabut, the Hormite, and Tobah, the Ammonite, official heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well to seek the well being of the children of Israel. <clears throat> they was upset that I was down there on a Saturday. They didn't care for that. So I came to Jerusalem, was there three days. Then I rose in the night. I and a few men with me, I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. So all of this getting put together, but nobody knew what was happening. I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor was there any animal with me except the one which I rode. And I went out by the night through the valley gate to the serpent well and to the refuge gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and the gates which were burned with fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, and there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate, and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone nor what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who did the work. He hadn't even told them what was about to happen. Then I said to them, you see the distress that, are, that we are in? how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be reproached. In other words, let's build this wall. Let's let's close these gates. Let's protect our sanctuary and our city. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. And they set their hands to do this good work. See, when the drivers found out that Mr. McElroy was on board about this, the chaplains, when we started making them chaplains, it just blessed their souls. We had men and women of God that was willing to do something for the Lord on their job because they was in their mission field. But when the Sanballite, the Hormonite, the Butcherdat, and Toba, the Ammonite official in Jerusalem, the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build, but you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. So in other words, you want to play games? You're not going to be part of this. When... uh, we started putting decals on the side of the trucks. It tore my boss man up. Because again, he, was, he wasn't a McElroy. He wasn't part of the family. He wasn't saved. That, as far as I know, he wasn't. 
and he did not like them decals on the side of them trucks. Dow, who told you to do that? I said, Mr. McElroy. And I get a call from Mr. McElroy one day, and he said, Dow, Joy, Joy and I was riding through the yard the other day, and we saw one of our trucks with a Channel 21 Chaplin decal, and, my, and Joy started crying. You see that their 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 business had turned turned into something for the Lord, and she appreciated that. We had a chaplain go in the shop one day down there, and uh, he had put a little decal on the side of his truck of his own, said, "God is my pilot." Underneath his driver's window, two inches high and five six inches long. Well, my immediate supervisor saw that, and he went off. And he called me. Now, this driver didn't, this chaplain didn't work for me. He worked for them down there in Cuba. But he was one of my chaplains, so he had to call me. And he brought in the head of, the head of uh, our IT department, who was a strong Pentecostal believer, man. He was a man of God, but he wanted to show me and that man of God who's in control. He said, I got your driver down here, Daryl, and he's got this sticker on. He said, I'll tell you what we're going to do is we're going to start taking them stickers off the side of your trucks, off the side of these trucks. I said, the Channel 21 decal? Yeah. I said, Jimmy, Mr. McElroy said I could put them on there. Said, Boy, he didn't like that. Well, we're going to take one side off. We're going to take the, 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 the driver's side off. I said, what are you going to do that for? He said, well, you just need one sticker on there. Now, keep in mind, the microwave trucks go 64 mile an hour at top speed. Who are they going to be passing that somebody's going to see Channel 21 Chaplin on the driver's on the passenger side? Well, guess what? I didn't take a one off. But uh, so you see, <laughs> like, like them Bobites and Amazites and Hormonites and all them other people, they laughed. They hated the fact that Nehemiah was down there to build them walls back. See, Satan don't like what you're doing. They want to see you prosper, not with the Lord. So I ask you chaplains, what is your wall? What has God put on your heart to do? The Lord will equip you, and he'll use your personal skills, your gifts, but never believe your skills will get the job done or get you favor from the Lord. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Now, I didn't have any special skills to go down there and talk to Mr. Backor about this. I'm not a salesman. I could not sell it. If I had to sell it, it wouldn't have got sold. I just had to watch God do See, it's amazing when you see God take another person and give you favor through that person, then there's no doubt that God is in the middle of it. When you find somebody that uh, you just don't think in a million years they would even do that, but yet they do it because God has opened up the door and you are standing there. God will find favor in all of his children. When I think about God favoring, and, and don't get me wrong, when you're in the favor of God, you're working. You're doing stuff. It's not easy. It's hard work sometimes. It's hours and hours of your time. It's hours hours and hours of studying. Uh, the Road Ministry just didn't fall together all by itself. Gary has put his life into this ministry. It's, it's, it's work. And when I thought about that, I thought of another chaplain, John Knoll. I see his, his, his Facebook posts. Uh, I know what he's doing. I see his, his, uh, uh, his uh, newsletter. John is out there working his fingers to the bone. He's not doing it for the favor of God. He's doing it because of the favor of God. Now, I've asked John to come on tonight and just, you know, I, I, I just it bothers me, and I know it bothers John to blow my own horn, but I'm not blowing my own horn. I'm just saying what God has done. Through an old goober like me, you know, John, he he was an old sinner just like we were, but God has used him because He knew that John would stand up for him. Brother John, are you on here? Yes, Brother Darrell, I am. 
And I'm, yes, uh, I'm going to blow, blow God's horn tonight because God is worthy of our praise. And, Amen. Uh, favor. I, I happened to listen to Gary's CD for February about favor, and I never talked to my brother Gary without him saying he's blessed and highly favored. And, and I believe we all are when we serve God. And he has opened up so many doors um, since I decided to hand out, share good resources with drivers that I found out here on the road. And, and, and God just keeps opening doors and blessing me under, abundantly to the tune of pallet loads of materials stacked up in a warehouse. I just had somebody pick up a couple pallets of donated materials yesterday for me, and he says, you need to get busy, John. Your warehouse is getting full again, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and they're all free, you know, except our Bibles that we have to pay for the King James Version, but other than that, uh, we are so blessed to, uh, just because of being a willing vessel share God's word with others and to partner with others. But I am blessed from my wife to my children to my health. My wife is a helpmate for sure, and she's on the same page. We're studying. We've went through different theology training. We served together in church ministry, and I just I could not do it without my wife. I am so blessed. I married up for sure, you know, this is my second marriage. I, I lost my business. I'm pre pre committing myself to to the Lord, I went through bankruptcy, went through a divorce, lost pretty much everything, and you know, and I was I was down. <laughs> but God had other plans, and, uh, and and He has turned my life around once I submitted and committed to Him, and to to doing His will and to or try to be. Well, again, I am nowhere near perfect. I'm a, a work in progress. God had a pretty rough um, job with me, as He did with the disciples, uh, you know, the fishermen. Um, but He uses the, the Gary CD he talked about ordinary men and, and every and, and ordinary women, you know, Mona and Marion and, and uh, Gary's uh, helpers at the ministry and, and our wives. So he uses ordinary uh, children um, to do his will, and I'm just I'm more than blessed, and I'm blessed to know uh, the different uh, chaplains out here and the ministry partners. And many chaplains are uh, distributors of the of the word, and, I, uh, and I'm just thankful that we can be part of that. You know that favor, God's favor. You know the enemy wants to attack and slow us down. Uh, I've had back surgery and heart surgery, um, but, man, I can still carry a case of Bibles or two even. Uh, this morning I carried four cases, two at a time, at the, at the truck stop uh, to resupply another uh, ministry that's filling the rack at a truck stop. And, and I, that's all God's favor. Uh, nothing. I know I don't eat right, take exercise right, take care of myself, don't live right, but but God gets me through it somehow, some way. He uh, he is uh, he, he is a blessing. God, He loves to bless His children, as we would love to bless our children you know, if we have an opportunity. And, and God is the same way. So, uh, Daryl, I'm thankful for for you and Gary and you know, all the ministry partners that we uh, associate with. Uh, iron does sharpen iron. And, uh, we're here getting our sword sharpened tonight, you know, hearing about Nehemiah. So I just thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Appreciate what you do. It's all God that He just keeps providing a way and a will to do it. On a lonely, lonesome highway. Point of no return While listening to the engine moan It reminds you of all that you've done wrong You think about your family Waiting on you back home And it kind of makes you wonder Why you do the things you've done Riding across this country 
says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. See, that's a big key to it right here. That's called faith. You have to trust in him. And he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song I praise him. The Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. So see, we put all of our hope, all of our joy in him. I tell the chaplains all the time, just plant the seed. God will water it. Just plant the seed. He'll supply the sunshine and all the rain it needs. Because you see, the Holy Spirit does all the heavy lifting. We just need to be available and admit that we're weak. And through Him, we become strong. You know, drivers, uh, when we come to Jesus, when we come to the foot of the tree, the foot of the cross, when we bow our knees, we can do whatever God has called us to do, but we have to bow our knees and say, Lord, I give my life totally to you. I can't even move my hands. I can't button my shirt without you. But Lord, you be my hands. You be my strength. You be my guide. You lead me. You take me where you want me to go. I surrender my life totally to you this day. And if we will do that, if we will surrender our hearts, then God can do the impossible in our life. God is attracted to you because of your weakness. That's amazing. That's, that's, it's, that, it's, it's hard to get my head around it. Yeah. God wants to do something in your life this week, today, that's impossible, but you have to surrender totally to him. You know, Gary, it was like when I tried to quit nicotine for years and years and years. I couldn't do it. I, I wouldn't do it. But when I hit that altar, I didn't ask him to take that away. I didn't ask him. All I did was say, God, forgive me of my sins. And I said, I'm sorry, over and over, way too much. <laughs> but I got up from the altar, and that nicotine was gone. Yeah. It's been 11 years. I haven't touched any of it. But it's not my strength, it's through Him. Amen. Yeah, for me, it was alcohol. I was an alcoholic. 
at the age of 43, I surrendered my life totally to him. Driving down the road. And you may be driving down the road right now. I didn't pull over. I didn't even think about pulling over. All I did was just say, Lord, I give my life totally to you. Come into my heart and save me. And he did. And when he did, he took that addiction of alcohol away from me. And it felt like the weight of the world came off my chest. And it felt like I was floating. And I floated on home. And I started trying to live the very best that I could for God. And I'm still trying. Amen. <laughs> We're, you know, that's one thing that'll never stop. But the neat part about that is as we live our life and we seek to do the impossible because we're a willing vessel. We're willing to get out there. You know, people that won't do things because they're worried about being foolish are foolish. Amen. you got to take that leap of faith and know that God's going to be with you. And trust me, I make mistakes sometimes. I mean, I don't need help making myself look like a fool. But if you put it to God in prayer, He'll help you and He'll guide you. Amen. Sometimes I fail God And wonder why He'd let me go so far Without a rhyme or reason He stuck around to watch me fall apart And sometimes I ask Him why Why would you want to keep me in your grace For I know I have done some things To make me want to run and hide my face I think I can make it on my own Until the teardrops start Only when I'm sick or lonely When I see my life falling apart Now I'm getting on the right track Pray the Lord Catch me if I fall For the days when I don't want Him Are the days I really need Him Most of all now Here I stand beneath Him Begging for His mercy on my soul Again I've made a mess of things Lord come again and take control Forgive me Lord for I have sinned I've let you out and made decisions on my own Now I give them back to you Lay them at your feet and walk on And I think I could make it on my own Until the teardrops start Only when I'm sick or lonely Or when I see my life fall Getting on the right track Pray the Lord catch me if I fall For the days when I don't want Him Are the days I really need Him most of all Lord, the days when I don't want You all the days I really need you most of all.
there's not a preacher, a teacher, or anyone else out there, a chaplain, that hasn't failed God, man or woman, sometime in their life. But like Joe said in the song, that's why we have grace. And driver, there's nothing you've done in your life that the Lord didn't go to the cross for. He went to the cross to save us of our sins. You know, when I hear Terry Hopkins' testimony, that, that man was down as low as low can be. His life was falling apart. But yet the grace of God sent that man to him in the backyard to just talk to him about the things of the Lord. And that's all we're doing today, drivers, just talking to you about things of God. What he's done for us, what he's done for Joe Arview, what he's done for Dennis McKay, what he's done for Terry Hopkins. That's what we're here to talk to you about. We're not special. We're just now children of God. And how did we do that? Because we said yes to the Lord. Because we took all of our problems, our issues, and we handed it to him. Do we fail God? Every day. But we're saved by grace. And how do you get that? You admit that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And you ask him into your heart and say, Lord, I need you. I need you in my heart. I need you in my spirit. Help me. Now, drivers, this isn't a 911 prayer. You know, we don't use God as a butler. There needs to be a, a change in your life if you're going to serve the Lord. And he'll help you with all of that. And so will we. At Lonesome Road Ministries, Channel 21 Ministries, we will help you with this transition in your life because that's what it is. So, drivers... I want to ask you a question. If you died today, where are you going to spend eternity? You don't have to say hell because today, if you ask Jesus into your heart to change your life. Driver, let's say this prayer. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I failed you in so many ways, but I also know you're a God of grace and mercy. So I ask that you have mercy on my soul, come into my life, come into my heart, and change my life today. I give it all to you, Jesus. And drivers, what we need to do then is once you've said that prayer, you need to call somebody and tell them. You need to shout it to the mountaintops. So here's Joe Arview with a song that says, Make Me a Better Man. You know, we have CDs that we can send to you. All you got to do is give us a shout. My phone number is 618-383-2107. We want to hear some good news. Yeah, so don't wait. Do it right now as you listen to this song. So here's Joe Arview, Make Me a Better Man. I just can't help myself But to be the way I am Some things I just can't help Just the man I am But when you walk away It's more than I can stand Lord, give me the strength Be a better man And I know I can do better I want to be someone I'm not Lord, I'll try And I'll try I'll give it all I got I can't live without you I can't stand to be Must have broke your heart, but if you'll take me by my hand, you'll make me a better man.
times I lose my cool And you're the one there to see I'm like some raging fool Not the man I ought to be But you know my love is true If you'll just give me this chance Let me prove to you That I can be a better man travels all over the country. His phone number is 618-927-1986. You can book him for your church or your Christian event if you'd like. But when you call Joe, make sure it's about 2.30 in the morning. That's when he's just rising. That's right. Tell Joe I said to give you a call. And if you do call him at 2.30 in the morning, you're going to get his answering machine. But leave him a message. He loves hearing from all you guys out there on that old lonesome road. So give Joe a call, 618 918- 927-1986. And drivers, my friend, Gary Rayburn, has a song called At the Foot of the Tree that Dennis McKay uh, recorded for Gary and did an awesome job. Here is Dennis McKay singing At the Foot of the Tree. Without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track the preacher had read, his words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling that old lonesome road and I shared the good news wherever I go yes there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be and I tell everybody what's happened to me how I felt 
This is Jeff and Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road Radio, and we want to hear from you. Give us a shout. Our phone number is 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org. And if you can't give us a call, then just blow your air horn as you're driving by.
Taking me 